as a New Testament prophet of God, I'm warning you. You cannot sit in a church where you know something is wrong. You cannot sit in a church where scriptures have been changed. If you do this, and Jesus returns while you're doing this, you're going to be left here for the Great Tribulation, along with that church. Because God, God is not going to take that church out where Scripture has been changed. Some of you know things are wrong as you sit at that church. You feel uneasy, uncomfortable. You really don't want to go to the 11 o'clock service, but you're forcing yourself to go there. Stop doing that. Things are wrong. Scriptures are being violated. Something is wrong. When you feel that way, get out now. Don't go back tomorrow. I'm certainly not telling you Jesus is coming for the church next week or next month or even next year or even next decade. I don't know. No man knows when Jesus is coming. But I'll tell you how we suspect Jesus is coming. The wickedness increases when it wins. You start to see leaves coming on the tree, Jesus says. You know it's near. When we go through winter and the little trees start budding, what do we know? We know we're close. When the wickedness of the world increases around us, we know the wrath of God is on the heels of the wickedness of the world. The church world has become very wicked today by perverting scriptures. That's Antichrist in the church. He's already come into the churches. He's everywhere. Antichrist is not one man. Antichrist is a spirit that is called a man of lawlessness. It's lawlessness in the churches violating scripture the scriptures got the scripture god has given me to show you the violation that's going on in the churches is matthew 5:32 when you look closely at matthew 5:32 you can see antichrist in the churches jesus says but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Is that what they are teaching at your church? This is the easiest way to see Antichrist working in the churches today. Antichrist is opposite from Christ, opposite from Scripture. Is your church opposite from Scripture? This is one Scripture. You can take it and pin it down. 
Does your pastor perform wedding ceremonies between a man and a woman when the woman has been divorced? If he does, you've got Antichrist right in front of you in your church because that's opposite from what Jesus said to do. Jesus said, The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5.32 Jesus says if the faithful wife has been divorced and she goes out and remarries, she commits adultery. Jesus says that the man who divorces a faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery. Is that what you're seeing at your church? Is that what they're teaching? Or have they set up singles classes so Christians who are divorced can meet each other and remarry? All the churches I've been have done that. I've never heard Matthew 5.32 taught at any church that I have attended in the past 40 years. It's set up exactly opposite to this. I've been in singles classes and I've seen it happen. I've seen divorced women sitting there looking for a husband, a Christian husband, and finding one. I've seen it. That's what's happening. That's one of the classes there, is to give them an opportunity to meet a Christian man to marry him. Now, it's fine if they have not been married, but the ones, most of the ones in the classes I've been in are divorced women looking for a husband. They look for a Christian husband in a church. Of course they do. Where else would you look for a Christian husband? They usually go to church. See how, how what a perversion? Well, you can examine it. It's your soul and your future. But I'm going to tell you once again, if your church is going against uh, Scripture, and you're sitting there among them, and Jesus comes, you're not going to be without spot and blameless, as Peter told us to do. You're not going to. Get out now. Don't go back. And you'll say, well, where can I go? You probably can't find any place to go. I can't find any place to go. Every time I go to church, the pastor is saying something that is opposite to the Bible. And I'm not able to go back. I've tried for decades, and I have not found any church that I could go to. And you think, that sounds crazy. You think, maybe I'm wrong. Well, lots of people think I'm wrong, but that doesn't make me wrong. One time I was having coffee with a couple of Baptist women they said pastor's getting ready to build a new church and we have this woman that she's so against pastor and building this church and they said to me what do you think might be wrong with her and out of my mouth from the Holy Spirit came these words maybe she's a prophet that's what prophets do prophets see things God shows them things. They may not know exactly what they're seeing, but they're concerned. 
I was concerned in 1982 when I attended Word of Faith in Dallas, well, in Farmer's Branch, Texas, which is outside of Dallas. I liked going to the Bible class, but the main church service, I really didn't like going there because all they talked about was prosperity. Now, people just eat that message up. They flock to those churches because they think there's a way for them to get wealthy through God. And they want to know what it is. It's very popular. Thousands and thousands of people will go to that kind of church. When you see a whole bunch of people going to a church, you really have to be careful. Because if warning against sin is being preached, they're not going to be going to that church. I'm really, I'm really speaking this message today to those of you who feel something's wrong at church, at the church you're attending. And you forced yourself to continue to go there even though you think something is not quite right. You're nervous about it. You're forcing yourself to go. Stop. Stop and pray. Stop and ask God to help you. Have faith that he will help you. And especially beware of big churches. But every church, you have to even, even the little tiny ones, are doing things that are not according to Scripture. If they are doing things that are not in the New Testament Bible, then they are Antichrist. That's just the way it is. Many churches a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, still followed some scripture. They might not have followed all of the scripture because this problem with Antichrist has been going on in the churches even as far back as John and Paul lived on the earth. John talked about it. He said there are already many Antichrists. Many. And Paul said, I know that when I depart, there are men among you who will rise up to speak perverse doctrines to lead people to themselves. I'll, we'll read those two scriptures. For decades, for many decades, the churches have hypothesized as to who is Antichrist. In the day of in the eighteen hundreds, they thought Antichrist was Napoleon. The Russian people thought Antichrist was Napoleon because Napoleon was attacking Russia. I'm sure in the 1940s, some of the people thought Hitler was Antichrist, the Antichrist. At that, These people always were taught there was one Antichrist. Now, this is ridiculous for the churches to have been taught this because the Apostle John said in the Bible, there are many Antichrist already in the church groups. Many have come among us. Let's look at that scripture first. That is 1 John chapter 2. 
verse 18. John says, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. Now, at that point in time, John and Paul and Peter were still alive. They would fight these Antichrists when they tried to come into their churches. They would have fought them. So these Antichrists fled the churches. And what John says is, they went out from us, but they were not all of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not all of us. So they left the places where Paul and John were. Let's look at what Paul says about it. In Acts chapter 20, in verse 17, Paul arrived at the church at Ephesus. He arrived at Ephesus, and he got the elders together, and he said to the elders, I know this is the last time you will ever see me. And he declared to them he was free from the blood of all, for he had not shunned to speak all the counsel of God to the church at Ephesus. And he says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But he says, I know I won't see you again. Now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He says at verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock of God over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. They were sitting there when Paul was talking to them, just waiting to take over. That was 2,000 years ago. How do you think we got all these churches today? Catholic, Protestant, all of these churches. Why, men just waited until they could take over 
And then they rose up and started their own church, and hundreds of thousands of millions of people followed them. They set up their own church by their own rules, by their own will, doing what they wanted to do. Recently, we had the most shocking thing happen that I I was just awakened by this. We have a house in Texas that is for sale. Our realtor called and talked to Pam Padgett, who works with me in the ministry, and told Pam there is a Catholic woman in their realty company who went over to our house and took some type of little statue image and buried it in the back courtyard to pray over it that the house would sell. Pam said, no, that's I, don't do that. Get that out of there. Pam was very disturbed. I was doing a lot of podcast recordings, and she didn't want to tell me what had happened. And she waited from Friday afternoon until about Monday when I had finished a bulk of recordings. And she told me what happened, and I was so shocked. I thought Pam said the woman took a statue and put it in the back flower bed so she could pray. I was so shocked. But it got even worse. For then, Pam made it clear to me that this woman had taken some type of image over to our property and buried it in the back flower bed so she could pray. I said, that's witchcraft. First, I'd said it was idolatry because I thought she was setting up a little statue. But she buried the thing. And that's how she prayed. And she's a Catholic woman. Well, we informed that realtor in no uncertain terms to get that out of there. We would have no part of something like this. It's witchcraft. This is from the churches. Witchcraft from someone in the churches. This just shows me it's far worse than we think it is, and I already know it's been really, really bad in the churches. It's worse than I thought. We have only one rule book in the churches, and that is the Holy Bible. That's the only rule book we have. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 about the end times, what Paul said. Paul says this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times. It doesn't seem to us like it's perilous times, does it? What's happening today? What do we have in the United States happening today? We have the same thing happening today that was happening in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. The exact same thing. And what is it? Homosexuals feel safe today. 
1960 in Texas, a homosexual, if they were caught, they were put in prison. Today, look what's happening. In Sodom, God sent the angels to destroy Sodom. It was so bad. When the angels arrived in Sodom, Genesis 19, when the angels arrived in Sodom, Lot took them into his house for protection. He, angels just looked like regular men. Lot was going to protect these two men. And so he gave them room and board in his house. He closed the door of his house, and they had dinner, a feast, which he prepared for them. And the men came from every quarter of Sodom and pounded on the door and demanded that Lot give them the two men who had arrived at his house so that they could have sex with these two men. That was what it was like in the days of Sodom. Homosexuals were everywhere. In the New Testament Bible, God tells us about homosexuals. Romans chapter 1. Actually, God speaks of both lesbians and homosexuals in this section of Scripture. This is what God has to say. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. This is God's view of homosexual and lesbians as written in the New Testament Bible. In the Old Testament Bible, there are many references to sodomites, homosexuals. Never once is it a favorable reference. Various kings removed the sodomites when they took over. In every case, that was God's approval and he called it abomination. Well, we know what's going on in the United States. We know the persecution that is coming against those who speak negatively concerning homosexuals and lesbians. Men have lost their jobs. I know of one football player who got suspended for from the NFL for speaking, saying he didn't want to play with a homosexual on the team. The NFL suspended him. That was about two or three years ago. Richie Incognito was his name. People are afraid. They're afraid to say anything. I'm strictly telling you what the Bible says about it and the viewpoint expressed by God concerning homosexual and lesbian, it is a sin. It's just like adultery is a sin, 
Fornication is a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. The Apostle Paul says they who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Many churches today have called drunkenness a disease. It is not a disease. Cancer is a disease. Drunkenness is a sin. Adultery is a sin. Fornication is a sin. Homosexuality, practicing homosexual acts, is a sin. Lesbianism, doing lesbian acts, is a sin. Can they be saved? Yes. Can an adulteress be saved? Of course. The thing that has to happen is the adulteress recognizes that it's a sin. And when she recognizes it's a sin... She turns from that sin, and she's sorry she did it, and she never returns to it, because to return to it is like a dog returning to its vomit, and Peter says they're even worse off than they were before they knew the way of God. If they do that, none of us want to return to our previous sins, do we? Certainly a homosexual can be saved, a lesbian can be saved, a drunkard can be saved. When the Spirit of God illuminates to them that what they are doing is a sin and they agree with the Spirit of God and they are shocked that what they've been doing is a sin. They had no idea it was a sin. They even may have fought against those who said it was a sin. But now they're illuminated by God. They are saved. And We're changed when we're saved. So, of course they can be saved. But this is the truth from the Bible, our only rule book. Think about this. We came across a woman in uh, February 2020 who said she is a Messianic Jew. Turns out that this is a person who She says they believe Jesus is the Son of God. But they have their own doctrine and do not follow the doctrine of the New Testament church according to this woman. And she frankly fought us greatly when we presented truth to her. You can't sit in places where they're doing things that's wrong, churches where they're doing things that are wrong. I know there's some churches that even let homosexuals be their ministers. Well, flee those places. You sure wouldn't want to sit there knowing what God has said about it. I'm not personally against a homosexual more than I'm personally against an adulteress. Both are sins. One is not a greater sin than the other, so far as I can see from the Bible. They're both sins, and people who practice these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. People who turn from these sins will be saved and recognize them as sins. We line up with God in our views through the Bible. 
We have these statements in the Bible so that we can know how God feels about the matter. And as Christians, we align ourselves with the Word of God. We don't try to change the Bible. We change ourselves according to the Bible. A lady who used to work for me was a Catholic lady, and she asked me about homosexuals. What do you think about homosexuals? I took this passage of scripture in Romans and read it to her. And then she said to me, but what do you what do you think about what they say on talk shows? I hear them say they were just born that way. I said, well, that's not right. I, I know it's not right, but God hadn't illuminated me on that point at that time. But he did a few days later. He illuminated me to the truth by bringing Mark chapter 10, this verse of scripture, to me. Mark 10, verse 6. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. When I had that scripture brought to my attention, it just went through me like electric current. That's the answer. No, they were not born homosexual and lesbian. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. If you belong to the church, you'll recognize what I'm speaking is truth. That's the answer to the question of are they just born that way. For if they were just born that way, of course you can't blame them. They're not just born that way. God turned them over to be homosexuals, it says in Romans 1. You can reread all of Romans 1 to verify that. From the beginning of creation, they were made either male or female. They weren't made questionable. They're either male or female. There are some places in the United States today, some states, that are wanting to remove, and maybe they've already done it, to remove from the birth certificate of the child whether he or she is a male or female. They want to remove the gender. When the baby is born, you know whether it is a boy or a girl. This is foolishness. Sometimes people even have those tests, sonic tests, I think they're called, done where they can see the fetus inside the womb and they say, oh, this is a boy. You're going to have a boy. Well, how do they know? Well, this is nonsense. The world has become so corrupt and twisted they can't tell whether the child is male or female. You see how bad it's getting? This simply signals the return of Jesus Christ. When it's really bad in the churches, it signals Antichrist is in that church. The Apostle Paul said Antichrist, that Jesus could not come until Antichrist appeared in the church. That is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, which we'll read and then we'll close today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first. The falling away, it's not people leaving that church. It's that church leaving scripture. I was shown that back in 1982. God opened my eyes to see this falling away are churches leaving scriptures. And by the falling away, the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and a Christ comes through the churches. NASB says the apostasy. They call the falling away the apostasy, which is correct. The apostasy doesn't come through governments of men. Apostasy is in churches. And the NSAB is totally correct on what they said. I like the King James. It's a falling away. It's a falling away from scriptures. That's what the apostasy is. If you sit in a church where that is happening, and you love your church more than you love the scripture. I've left many, many churches because they taught something other than Scripture. I left them. If you sit there wanting that fellowship with those people, desiring it, that association, yearning for that association, it's like a Christian country club. If you keep sitting there, here's what's going to happen to you. If Jesus comes during your lifetime, you're not going to be taken out with the rest of the people who really follow Jesus because you don't love the truth enough to leave the church. I've left many churches because I love the scripture more than the church. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 here is the fate of those people who love their churches more than they love the Word of God. Verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They might go down, don't go with them. Just don't do it. Flee. Don't go back to get your hat and coat that you left there a week ago. Leave it alone. Just get away. This is Joan Boney speaking, and what I've been speaking to you today is a message given me by God to warn you as a prophet of God which is what I have done as well as I possibly can I will continue this message on the next podcast but in the meantime I certainly pray 
for those of you this message has reached. Get out. Don't stay in a church group if you see them being violating any portion of any scripture. If they're teaching anything other than the truth, flee from them. When I was looking for a church to attend many years ago, I went to a little nom denominational church. The pastor was teaching the Sunday school class, and as he was teaching in Genesis, he spoke of Sarah and Hagar, and the pastor said Sarah and Hagar were half-sisters. I had never read that in the Bible, so I went to the Bible and searched it, and I couldn't find that. I called that pastor the next day. And I said, I've been looking for this in the Bible, and I can't find it. I wanted you to tell me where it is that it says Sarah and Hagar are half-sisters. He said, well, I really can't remember where that is. I just can't remember it. I said to him, this is really very important to me. Would you please look it up? and tell your secretary where it is, and have her call me and tell me? He became very angry. He said, All right, it's not in the Bible. He didn't repent. He didn't change. He just became very angry. I never went back to that church group again. I'm not going to go to a church where they f teach whatever they think without any documentation whatsoever in the Bible and fail to repent if he had said something like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I would accept it, but he didn't. He was angry. I've had this happen more than once when I have asked pastors about what they were teaching. Don't sit there with them. Don't go back to that kind of church. You'll be damned with them if you do. If Jesus returns and you're sitting in a church where they are teaching things opposite from the Bible, you're going to be damned along with the church group. Don't do it. I'll repeat, this is a warning from God to you. This is Joan Boney speaking, and with that I will conclude today's message.